are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kiddush, Parshas Va'yetzeh, Tov Shin Pei Dalil. And a very, very warm welcome to all of our listeners, all those who are listening, whether on the radio or on a device or who knows from where you might be in the world. It is so great to have you as part of our radio family. Thank you for making the opportunity to join us and perhaps learn some Torah, be inspired Maybe even find something out you didn't know about this week's, this week's Pasha. Our learning this week is Be'ez Hashem dedicated for the Rafu Shalema of Rafshloim Aleib ben Etel, Avrom Rafal ben Sora, Yael Bas Yafa, Shlema ben Yomin ben Shoshana Pesa, and, uh, and, and uh, Yosef ben Tzipora. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu give all of them and we should be able to meet them next next week. Take them off the list because they'll all be healthy and uh, at home. Hashem, listening to our to our uh, to our program. So Yaakov Avinu arrives in Lovan's house and decides to marry his daughter. And it says, "By yes, Lovan is called Lovan gathers all the people of the place. And he made a, a feast for him, wedding feast. Now, this wedding reception of Yaakov Avinu and what should have been right, Rachel Imenu included all the people in the city. Lavan spared no expense in marrying off his daughter. Little did Yaakov know that his future father-in-law, Lavan, that, that Schwindler, had substituted for Rachel. Lavan knew the marriage was based upon a fraud. So did Rachel and Leah. Comment that indeed everyone in the community, all of the invited guests were aware of this, uh, this ruse. In fact, they did not even conceal their knowledge of the deception. They sang all night, right? They sang, uh, Halea, right? This is really Leia. This is Leia, right? So the obvious question is, glaring, where was Yaakov during all of this? What was he thinking, right? He knew that Lavan was a deceiving scoundrel. Indeed, Yaakov reiterated Right? Rachel, Bitra, Katana, Rachel, your younger daughter, because he knew that Lavan was capable of lying, cheating, and pulling the rug out from under his feet. So when he heard the people singing, it is Leia, it is Leia, why did he not check before the marriage to confirm that indeed it was Rachel, not Leia, as they were singing? So Rav Shmuel David Valkin offers a powerful insight into Yaakov's character and outlook on people. Of course, Yaakov heard them singing and he had understood the message. Yet, he refused to believe it. He could not accept that people would attend a wedding reception, uh, eat their host's food, and betray him by exposing his subterfuge. How could they be such ingrates? As a result, Yaakov did not believe what they were singing. Ingratitude is a contemptible character deficiency, which is often influenced by upbringing, by life experiences, by personality traits, and even psychological factors. In short, most people, unless they have personal issues, are by and large appreciative and grateful. Gratefulness is a complex emotion which some of us feel but are unable to express. Thus, Yaakov found it hard to accept that these people could be so nasty. 
Perhaps we can suggest that Yaakov understood the implication of this thing, yet he would do nothing about it because it would publicly humiliate Leah and devastate her. He would rather marry her knowing that she was substituted for Rachel than disgrace her in front of her community. Well, why should she suffer because her father was a loathsome swindler? Right? No one should be subjected to suffering due to a parent's less than savory actions. Right? Parents are, are responsible for their behavior, not their innocent children. Sadly, children suffer because of a parent's destructive behavior. It's unfortunate that instead of reaching out and attempting to understand the children's personal suffering, we blame them and make them pay for the sins of, of their parents. This is FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with much, much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Ba, Yetzay, Tuf, Shin, Pei, Dalet. As we get ready for another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, we can already definitely feel December is in the air. Holidays are beckoning. Baruch Hashem, the end of work year, the end of school years, People are sort of to already coming face to face with the perhaps what will be maybe the last week, two, three of, of work before the holidays. But there's Shabbos and Shabbos we have to learn, we have to strengthen ourselves and use it in the best way possible. So the first week Pasuk of this week's Pasha, right, says Vayetze Yaakov mi Beersheva. Yaakov left. Beersheva Vayelech Choron. He went to Choron. So it brings there in, in the Svarim that as soon as <coughs> Yaakov Avinu, the great Tzaddik, left, so Esav lifted up his voice and began to cry, and straight away he sent Eliphaz, the Rosha, who was the son of Esav, and Yaakov gave him everything that he had and was only left with his stick. And in fact, the, the Medrash in Breshus Rabbah also brings that. That Yaakov, Yaakov didn't even have clothing to wear. When he left Beshava. Because Esau, his brother, we know, wanted to kill him. And Eliphaz, who was sent on a mission by Esau to kill Yaakov, but Esau grew up as a student of Yitzchak. And he said to Yaakov, I, I'm going to quench you. I don't know what to do. How can I do? I, uh, if, I, if I don't kill you, then I'm uh, ignoring, I'm you know, disobeying my, my father. But, yeah, but uh, your father was my rabbi. How can I, how can I uh, 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 kill you? So he says, if you take everything I own, so we have a message that says that a... Uh, a poor person is considered like he's dead. So he took everything, took all his money, took all of his clothing, and he left him naked. And is that only Choshev Kameis, right? That we know there are four different people that are considered dead. One of them is a, is a poor person. And that's what the Major says. Rav Shmuel Ban Nachman <coughs> says, Shira Malis. Esa enai elahorim. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Esa enai elahorim. To my parents. Says Yaakovino. Yitzchak, my father. When did he need to get married? So Eliezer went with ten camels, with laden with all kinds of good things to bring a kala. But I'm, I'm going without anything. May I in your voyage, where is my hope going to come from? And then he answered, As you mean, my son, I'm despair, I think I'm despair, my help will come from my God's Baruch Hu. And let's see, and if you can understand, 
if Yaakov's intention was to go straight to Choron, based on his father's command, in order to take a, a wife from there, why did he then go and hide himself in, in the yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever for 14, 14 years? But when Yaakov saw that after what Eliphaz did, that he was left without anything, so he began to ask himself, I understand my Anya, where's, where, where, how's Hashem gonna sort this out? Where's my help gonna come from? There's obviously, <clears throat> there is within me some lack of my Amun and Mitochan, some lack in my belief and trust in Akadish Baruch. Hu. And therefore, I need to fix that up. I need to strengthen myself in my Amun and Mitochan before I even go to Lavan. And therefore, he decided to go to the Shiva of Hashem Eber, for 14 years in order to learn concepts of, of Emun Amitachim. The father of the two great Goinim, Rav Yaakov Edelstein and Rav Geshen Edelstein, right, Sukhwanim Lebracha. So his name was Rav Tzvi Yehuda Edelstein. And he was drafted into the Russian army. And even though he tried to to how to avoid it, avoid it, it didn't, it didn't work out, because it happened to be that he was one of the best uh, snipers or or sharpshooters in in the uh, in the Russian army, but that was only on the sort of on the shooting range. However, when it actually came to the battle, when he was involved in the in the First World War, so he shot all his bullets into the into the sky. In order that he should not hurt even one Jewish shoulder, because we know that uh, in, in the in the German army, it was army fighting the the Russian army. There were many many uh, Jews. His commanding officer got got very angry and and screamed at him that what he did was uh, ineffective. What are you doing, shooting into the sky? You're not going to be able to kill anyone that that uh, that way. So one day, he was very, very uh, uh, tired, and uh, when there was sort of a, a lull in the uh, in the war, so he sat down in sort of the shade of a of, of a tree in order to rest a little bit. And after a few seconds, the commander, the Russian, Russian commander, came over to him and and sort of pushed him quite quite uh, quite uh, roughly, and he sat down kind of pushed him out of where he was sitting and, and sat down in his place. Shavedersen got up and, and left. The commanding officer sat down in the place and barely managed to make himself comfortable before you could hear the shriek of an incoming bullet and a bullet entered the commanding officer's head and, uh, and, and, and killed him. Now, <laughs> incredible, incredible nace. What a shkocha protest, right? He could, uh, and uh, Edelson could have thought to himself, oh, look, what, 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 uh, what, what a, you know, shame. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm so far from my house and from my, my family. Uh, I can't even find what to, what to eat. I can't even find place to, or time to, to sleep, right? Why, why did I ask my Kaddish I wanted to sit under a tree for a few minutes just to close my eyes and, and to forget from all the tzaras. And even that, right, they don't give that. But what was the, the, the truth? Hashem, every moment, was, was worrying for him. Baruch Hu saved him, right? If you had continued to rest under that tree, and the Russian officer had not come and forcefully moved you out of your place. So then, uh, in your dreams, you would have you would have uh, left left this world and gone to Chayolam. So it was Yaakovino. If it wasn't for the fact that Eliphaz had come, if he hadn't come and taken everything, so then Yaakovino would have gone straight away. To the house of, of uh, Lavan, and would have gotten married, right? And we know that regarding Yaakov's first son, Reuven, so it says there, Reuven Bechoyriata. 
Ruben, you are my firstborn. Kaychi, the racious You are my strength. You are the first of my, of my energy. Yes, yes, You have exceedingly amount of, of courage and a single amount of strength. And Rashi says, what does it mean, racious aini? So it says that, uh, he tipa rishayna shaloi. That, uh, Ruvain was conceived from the very first drop of sperm that Yaakovino had emitted. Shaloi ra kerim yamam. He never had any kind of an, an nocturnal emission throughout the uh, previous many decades of, of, of his life. So therefore, it was, it was obvious that Ruvain had to be born straight away after the chasna of Yaakovino. And therefore, Ruvain would, if, if Yaakov had gone straight away to Lavan's house, so then Ruvain would have been born when Yaakovino was at the age of 63. But because Eliphaz took all of his money and he needed to go to hide himself in the yeshiva of Shem ever 14 years in order to learn about Amun and Bitochan. Right? And in addition to that, since he got to, to Laman's house without any money, and therefore he needed to work for Rachel seven years, to, so it came to such a case that the whole shidduch, right, with, with, uh, with Rachel was delayed another seven years, and Reuben was born only when he was 84 years old. These extra years of abstinence gave Yaakov the ability to actually, as I'll say, to fix up the sin of Adamoritian, who had part of his sin was connected to immorality, by Yaakov not being together with a woman until he was 84, he was able to fix that up. So even though the story with Alifa sounded like something terrible and detrimental, it actually brought about something wonderful. And that has to be our attitude to everything that happens in our life. Everything is for a purpose. Everything is for a wonderful purpose. And we just have to train our minds to think like that. This is 11.9 FM, the program is Salt to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with much, much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Arab Shabbos, Kurdish, Pashas, Fat, Yetze, Tuf, Shin, Pei, Dalit. As we prepare for another amazing Shabbos. This is such an important Shabbos. In this week's Pasha, we have actually the birth of 11 of the 12 Shvatim, the tribes on which all of Kaisro were, were built. And in fact, the Gemara and Brochus on Daf Samach says, Rav Yosef seems to ask a contradiction. The Pasuk says that after it was that, uh, Leah gave birth to Yisachar and Zavulin, in other words, uh, this was, she had her four children, and then there was the whole incident with the Dudaim, with the dandelions, where she sort of, uh, gave Rachel the dandelions in, in exchange for an opportunity to be with Yaakov, and as a result, she had children, Yisachar and Zavulun. The Torah says afterwards, V'yacha Yoldabas, after that, she gave birth to a daughter, V'atikra es Shemach Dina, and she called her name Dina. What does it mean, What do you mean, afterwards? So it says, Rav, After uh, Leah took a good hard look at herself, a critical look at herself. For Alma, she said, Yaakov, we know, is supposed to have 12 children. I already have six. And the two other maids became his wives, right? Zilpa and Billa. Each one had two. So that's already ten children. So he says, if I'm going to have, if this child's going to be a male, then I'll have eleven. And the score will be, I'll have seven children. The two maids will have two each. And Rachel, my sister, will only have one child. She'll have even less than the maid servants. So therefore she davens that the child should be turned 
into a, a daughter, as it says, Vatikra Shemah Dina. She called her name Dina. Now, because of the fact that Leah caused Dina to turn from a boy into a girl, therefore the Torah sort of uh, uh, expresses as Dina Bita Shaleah. It says, Vatetze Dina Basleah. In the next week's Pasha. She's called the daughter of Leah and not the daughter of Yaakov. It says, There was a daughter of Leah who she bore to Yaakov. She went out to look at the, at the, at the boys. Now, looking at it simply, these words of the Gemara would seem to mean that Dina was originally a, a male and she turned into, into a female. However, if one looks in the Targum Yenison, in, in the Targum Yenison, it, it, it says that Leah was in fact pregnant with Yosef. And Rachel was in fact pregnant with Dina. And the nace was that they did a, uh, an embryo of transplant and they swapped babies in utero. That Yosef, who originally had been in the womb of Leah, was put in the womb of Rachel, and, and Dina, who was originally in the womb of Rachel, was put into the womb of, of Leah. And in fact, the Masha brings that down in, in, uh, in Mida, in quoting the Sefer Paneach uh, uh, Rosa. And in fact, uh, the Dasikanim, Balatosis also brings, he says, uh, uh, it doesn't say that, uh, uh, that Leah conceived and gave birth to Dina, but it just says, afterwards she gave birth to a son, Mashma, that at the time of the Leda, it was her daughter, but not necessarily at the time of conception. In other words, we find by many of the children of Leah, it says, Vatar Vatele. She became pregnant, she conceived, and she gave birth. For instance, by Ruvain, it says, Vatar Leah Vatele Bain. Vatikrosh Shmai Ruvain. And by Yisachar, it says, Vayishma Leah Vatar Vatele Yaakov Ben Hamishi. And, she gave, she, and by Yehuda, it says, Vatar Oid, Vatelet Bain. She became conceived again and, and gave birth to a child. And she said, Apam Oid is Hashem. Now I'll thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why she called his name Yehuda. Right? So we found by many of Leah's children, it brings the conception and the birth. And suddenly, when it comes to the birth of, of Dina, it doesn't say anything about the conception. Just that she gave birth to her. Right? As it says, afterwards she gave birth to a, to a daughter and she called her name Dina because it was only in fact at the time of the birth that it was Leah's daughter but not at the time of the conception. At the time of the conception it actually was Rachel's daughter. Ishla Kaddish brings down that for this reason that's why the whole incense of next week's Pasha, where Dina goes out to check out the, the boys, that happened because of that. And he brings that it's very, very much a person needs to be, a woman particularly, needs to be very, very tsenua, very modest. As the Postal says, kol kavuta basnelach penima. The great uh, 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 distinction and, and, and the great uh, 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 honor of a woman is to stay inside. Right? And that's certainly talking about a married woman, but even someone who's not yet married, who has, isn't yet attached to a man, still. And he says, Tzelomad, go and learn what happened to Dina. Right? That she was a, a child of, of Yaakov, you know, and a, a, a child of Leah Imenu. And nevertheless, look what happened to her. She ended up getting kidnapped and, and abused by this, by this, by this guy called, uh, Shechem ben Hamor. If so, how much protection do we need? We need exceeding amount of protection for our, for our daughters. And nevertheless, but don't 
start asking questions about Yaakov and Leah. How could this have happened? How could a, such a naughty sort of daughter have come from, from, from them? It says, Da, you have to know that the nature of Dina was really the nature of a male child, right? Who is someone who goes out, who is involved, who is, who is active. And therefore she was a Yatsanit. Therefore she was someone who went out. And, and it's, as goes to be saying, as, 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 as a Chazal said, that Dino really was a male in, in the womb of, of her mother. And, and Yosef was a, a female in the womb of, of his mother. And Leah davened on this and the whole situation got, got changed and they were, and they were swapped. Nevertheless, but she, who started sort of off as a boy, she had the nature of, of a boy. And that's what it says, Bas Leia. Because the fact that she became the daughter and not the son, that was the, the, because of the, of the Trilla of, of Leia. The, the Turizav also, uh, brings to explain why was it that Yosef at Tzaddik was sort of, uh, Chazal tell us, he was sort of busy, uh, combing his, his hair like, like women. Women do. Women are usually more sensitive to issues of, of, of beauty. But again, it's all around. Since he in his nature was originally a, a female, so he had this nature of, of, of an akeva that, uh, that he did things that, that girls, that girls generally, generally do. Now, the, the Chida, in his Sefer Pnei David, he explains that which the, the, the Rocha says, when, when Yosef was born, she says, oh, Asaf Hashem Escher Posi. Ah, Kashbrocha, so gather in all of my, all of my shame. He explains because there would have been an opportunity to, uh, uh, complain about this whole, this whole shidduch. Well, what's, what's Yaakov doing? Going and marrying two sisters. Maybe that's the reason why I am, I am childless. And, you know, because uh, I shouldn't have done this. But when she saw that Akadosh Baruch did a, a miracle and swapped the, the, the embryos from one a womb to the other, and Akadosh Baruch never does miracles for nothing, so she, she was proven to her that HaKadosh Baruch who obviously agrees with this, with this, uh, the Shiruch, and therefore, oh, HaKadosh Baruch has finally ended my shame. Now I know that, mar- that this marriage was the right, the right thing. The Mesha Chochma says <coughs> that because of this, Yehuda, who was the son of Leah, said regarding Yosef, who was the son of Rachel, says, We'll see in, in Vashvayeshev, he says, Let's go sell Yosef to the, to the Yishmaelim. Don't, don't uh, let our hands stretch out against him. Why? He's our brother, he's our flesh. And his, son, and his brothers listened. What does it mean? Why does he have to say it twice? He's Achino, he's our brother, and Bissarino, he's our kin, he's our flesh. El Achino means that as far as our father is concerned, right, where the father provides many of the elements of what a child is, right, and Bissarino, right, and, and so he's, he's, uh, he's on one side, he's Achino from our father, because the father provides the bones, and he's besoreinu from, from the side of the mother, because she's the one that gives the the skin and the and, and the flesh. As the Gemara Nida in Nuna says, and his kavana was Leah, his mother, because Yosef was originally right in in her in her womb, and and got from her all the all the uh, flesh that was. And whatever he had in terms of ex- external ex- externality came from from Leah, and so that's why Taka, he's Achinu and Bissarenu, he has the same flesh as we do because he comes originally from the same mother as we do. And then when it says Shimon the Levi Achim, Shimon and Levi we say are our brothers. So the Medrash, the Medrash Rabbah brings that Yaakov said to them. You were brothers to Dina and 
not to Yosef. You were only Dina's brothers and not Yosef. In other words, why was it when, in, when Dina was in trouble, so you took your swords and you went and killed all the, all the residents of Shechem? But by Yosef, where well, he's also his brother, how come you stood by and allowed him to be humiliated, humiliated, allowed him to be sold? What about his honor? What, you only cared about Dina and you didn't care about, about Yosef at all? And it seems somewhat Lemedrish is saying that there's quite a, 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 a strong, uh, uh, And, you know, if you didn't help Dina, certainly you should have helped Yosef. What's this, what's this certainly? And, and we need to understand it. And, you know, when Shimon and Levi took Dina from, from, from Shrem, so Rashi brings down over there that Dina really didn't want to leave Shechem's house until Shimon swore to her that he would marry her. And, and this is so, so difficult, right? Uh, uh, we know that a, a sister from the mother's side, so that uh, a non-Jew is allowed to marry. But a sister from the mother's side, even for a Ben Noach, even for a non-Jew, he's not allowed to marry her. So how could Shimon have, have agreed, right? Shimon and Dina were uh, 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 brothers from the same mother, Leah. Right? So how could, how could Shimon have made such a promise that even a, a, a Ben Noach would not be able to keep? Says the Paniach Raza, based on this Targum Yonason, that Yosef was created in the womb of Leah, and Dina was created in the womb of Rocha, but Leah davened. Right, that the, that the, uh, uh, that the, uh, embryos should be switched in the, into, into the wombs of their, of their mothers. And that's what actually happened. So therefore it comes out that Dina was in fact the daughter of Rachel. And therefore, yeah, she's not really the, the full sister of Shimon, right? And, uh, and from the, from the mother's side. And therefore, it was permitted for Shimon to actually commit to marrying her. Therefore, it comes out as far as Shimon was concerned, Dina was a sister, but as far as B'nai uh, Noach, uh, she wasn't a relative of his, because right? they only shared the same father. And therefore, we have to say that Yosef was a brother, right? He was, he was close to, 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 uh, to Shimon. In fact, they both had the same mother. And that's why Yaakov gave them Musa. Oh, well, you're your brothers to Dina. And even though you weren't actually uh, 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 brothers, right? And the proof is that you, Shimon, agreed to marry Dina, even though seemingly you had the same, the same, uh, the same mother, right? Nevertheless, you were you allowed yourself to do it. You felt that brother that brotherhood, and you came to her to her help, and and you and you turned over the entire city of Shechem for her. So how come by Yosef that according to your opinion he was really also <coughs> your brother and 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 a close the same relative of of in fact closer relative than than uh, than Dina. How come you didn't come to his aid and, and, and save him from what his brothers were planning? And uh, in the Sefer Shem Shmuel, so he brings down, he explains based on this, why was it that Yosef uh, was allowed to stand in front of his mother, Rachel? But, and we find by the other Shvatim, we find that they did, the other Shvatim did not stand in front of their, their, their mother. In fact, as, as Rashi says, Vatigash Gamleya, about all the other uh, mothers, so the mothers came first before the children, except for Yosef, uh, who stood in front of his mother. And he explains that the reason that Yaakov, uh, uh, sent the mothers to come before the children, because based on the Medrash, he says, Im Yovoi Vikani Eim Albonim. Pasik says, 
if he's got to come and strike me, mothers on children. No, as Yaakov said, you wrote in your Torah, you're not allowed to shecht a mother animal and the baby animal on the same day. The Gemara in Chulin says that I would only know the, the mother and the son. What about the son first and then the parent? How do you know that's also forbidden? And he explains that there's no distinction at all. And therefore Yaakov knew about Esav that, you know, the, the Esav, whatever his uh, feelings were about the oral Torah, something that was explicitly written in the Torah, even Yaak, even, even Esau would not, would not violate. But a Medrash he wouldn't listen to. And therefore, they put the mothers in front of their children in order to save the children. Because even if you would slaughter the mothers, he would never slaughter the children. But if the women Right, if the, if the, if the women would be behind and the sons would come first, so maybe Asaph would attack the children and the mother. Why? Because he doesn't, uh, uh expound the, the drush, he doesn't expound what's learned out of Sukkim, that it includes first the child and, and then the parent. That's not written explicitly in the Torah. That's a, a, a exposition that we have from the Pesukim. And therefore, Esav might not uh, accept that. But by Yosef, since he was the daughter of Leah, so Memela, if Esav would shecht uh, uh, Leah, so then he wouldn't shecht Yosef. Because Yosef was Leah's child. And Yosef, it was, it, was, it was then an explicit pasuk. If he had killed the mother, he couldn't kill the son. So therefore, Yosef felt justified to stand in front of his mother because he would not be killed by Esau. The Chida also explains that this was the reason why Yosef ended up marrying the daughter of Poitifa. Because the story goes, that when Dina was raped, was uh, raped by Shem, she actually became pregnant and had a child. She was excommunicated by the family, sent away from everyone else, wandered down to Egypt, and was adopted by Mrs. Potiphera, who had no children, and then gave her as a as a wife to Yosef. And of course, on some level, they were like twins because since. Yosef moved into the womb that had been previously occupied by by uh, by Dina. There was a very very close affinity uh, uh, with them. In fact, yes, Yosef was the only of the Shvatim that was not born with a twin sister. Hashem didn't want them marrying the locals, and therefore they each had a a twin sister. Yo- Yosef was not born with a twin sister because, in fact, he already had. A kind of a twin sister, a Dina, and, and ended up marrying her. This one 1.9 the program is Salt to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchas Shabbos and a new Malacha that was starting this week. This is Hilchas Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Salt to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh. As we ready ourselves and prepare ourselves for another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Kodesh. Ah, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. That with all everything that's going on, Shabbos is the most amazing gift we have in, in the world. And as we do at this time, always just to give you the important times and details that you need to know for this coming, this coming Shabbos. So, the earliest time to get your your Shabbos lit, lit this afternoon is at 5.16. 5.16 is the earliest time for lighting lit. And again, we say we're doing it very to show, but do it for ourselves. Do it as an extra chus for your family, for all those who are busy needing to sort of be on the front and perhaps not celebrate Shabbos the way they would like to be celebrating. Let's add an extra bit to our Shabbos 
so to perhaps compensate for maybe what they don't have in Shabbos. Let's try this week, if at all possible, to light a bit earlier. Any time after five sixteen is great. Get get the Shabbos into your home. Obviously, one has to have everything arranged. One has to have the food getting hot and and uh, bathed, and and the house is all organized. Obviously, you know, with load shedding as always. The question of challenge of how to heat everything, how to get everything ready, but that's all doable, and still we can start Shabbos early. If you don't manage to start at the earliest time, well then, the latest time for benching licht uh, this uh, afternoon is at 6.23. 6.23 is the latest time for benching licht, although in many communities, now that it's summer, we take on the standard Shabbos acceptance time of quarter past six. And obviously one should follow what one's, what is done in one's own community. When they accept Shabbos, then you certainly must accept Shabbos by then, by then, uh, also. So, Shkia then is at 641. 641 is sunset and that's the absolutely latest time. Please, please, please use 623 as your absolute deadline for having everything ready. We don't want to have to rely on the extra time between lich benching and shkia, unless it's an extreme, extreme emergency. But certainly before shkia, before 6.41, everything has to terminate and Shabbos has to descend into our into our homes. So that's 6.41 is shkia. If therefore you want to be able to daven myrev at properly at night and not have to uh, repeat the Krishma again, which obviously if one davens earlier than that time, one would need to repeat the Krishma, uh, and ideally one should probably do it before one sits down to eat one's uh, uh, Suda, if of course by that time it is already after uh, 6.59, uh, and then if one says Krishma after that, then of course you've done your obligation, you've fulfilled the Torah Mitzvah of saying Krishma, and then you can sit down and enjoy a beautiful, beautiful Suda of, of the Shabbos with one's family and friends and, and talk about this most amazing, interesting Parsha, some of the things we've discussed here maybe, or your own insights. Speak about the week, speak about the miracles we've heard about and about our, 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 how incredible HaKadosh, the Yashkoche is, the HaKadosh Bochus, uh, intervention in Eretz Israel, in spite of all the difficult situations, instead of seeing the negative, let's see the, the positive, let's see HaKadosh Bochus, beautiful, beautiful hand of, of caressing and loving all of the, all of the Jews. Tomorrow morning, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Vayetze, quite a long Pasha, also fascinating and uh, interesting. Uh, uh, action-packed kind of uh, kind of parsha. The birth of eleven of the twelve uh, shvatim is in this week's parsha. Yaakov's marriage to his four four wives. Lots, lots to talk about. Lots to think about. The Aftarah is the standard one that goes with parshas Vayetze. And Shabbos carries on, carries on. Baruch Hashem, it's getting longer and longer. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night. Only at 7.16, 7.16 is the end of, of, uh, of Shabbos. Quite a long day, quite enough time to do lots and lots of things, to have a bit of family time and a bit of a shluff, and of course to sit and, and, and study and study some Torah. Under the banner of the Malacha of Bayer, there are other things that also fall under that general, into that general category. One of them is the Malacha of Dosh. The malacha of of threshing and and mefarik. We'll see. Mefarik means separating something from its source of growth. So the malacha of dash is a malacha where basically you have your your stalks of grain, and we separate from the stalks the the kernel of <coughs> of wheat, right? And uh, the way this malacha is done is generally it's done with some kind of a uh, implement or with animals. In fact, as the Gemara, uh, the Gemara says, right, where you have animals that step on them and separate the the kernel from the from the uh, the husk, right? Uh, how, however, if someone sort of does it uh, by hand, where he sort of you know uh, rolls them around 
and 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 extracts the uh, the 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 new the grain in order to separate rightly the kernel. So in that way, since he did not do it with an implement, so he has not violated the Torah prohibition because he didn't do it in the way that it's normally done, which is usually with some kind of a some kind of an implement. However, even though you're not violating the Torah prohibition, our, our, our rabbis forbade doing that because at the bottom line, the result is the same. At the end of the day, you have separated the kernel from the, the husk and therefore having accomplished the same purpose as, as the, uh, as the malacha. So although it's, you haven't done it in the same way, so it's not a darasa, but it certainly is forbidden from, from our, 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 our chazal. And all this, of course, is on the condition that, uh, you, that when, when you sort of roll the, the, the stalks in your hand, uh, you do it in the, in the sort of usual way that one would do that. But if, let's say you want to, uh, eat the fresh, moist wheat, so then you'd be allowed to sort of roll the, 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 the stalks with an unusual way. In other words, uh, do it with just, let's say, your finger tips and not with the palm of your hand. That, that you'd be allowed, allowed to do. Not only with grain, though, is the, the, the prohibition of, uh, of uh, threshing prevalent, but anyone who does any kind of malacha that separates the food from the place where it grew, uh, it violates this iser of dash, of threshing. Therefore, let's say you have legumes, you have a you have a beans or, or or peas, right? Let's say or or right that are that are in a in their pod, right? So if I remove the the seeds, the bean, the the pea from the pod in the normal way that it's done, sort of on on uh, on on weekday in when it's done in sort of great great uh, quantities. So then you violate this Torah prohibition. But if you did it, let's say, by hand, so again, it's not a, it's downgraded. It's no longer a Torah prohibition because you did it by hand, but you're still violating a, a rabbinic, a rabbinic uh, 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 pro- prohibition. Right? Now, you'd be allowed to do it again with your hand. If you do it in an unusual way, let's say again, with the, with the fingertips, right? And if the, the, the pods are, are green, and therefore they, the pods themselves are still edible, then you'd be allowed to take out the, the legumes even without doing it in an unusual way, because the prohibition of of dosh, of, of threshing, is only where the, the external, the, the, in this case, the, the, the shell, the, the, the pod, is not edible in itself. So says the, 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 the Mishnah Brura in, in that, in that situation. Okay, we're going to come back with some closing comments in, in a moment. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is still soul to soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Sol to Sol. Back on your radio, Hilchos Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashat, Vayetze, Tov, Shin, Peidal. We're talking about the Malacha of Dosh, of Mepharic. And the truth is that Malacha of Dosh has a told has a corollary which is called mefarik. <clears throat> mefarik means that you're taking anything from something else, and that's also a Torah prohibition. And in in sort of included in this prohibition is let's say to squeeze grapes or olives is a is a Torah prohibition. And similarly, you're not allowed to milk. An animal, as we'll talk about later. And so too, when you're interested with some liquid that got absorbed into a garment, you're not allowed to squeeze 
the, the garment. Right? The only difference is as far as squeezing a garment is, is concerned. So there we have an argument between our Rishonim, how strict that prohibition is. The Rambam and the Ramban both hold that if you squeeze a baguette because you want the water that's in it, so whatever you get out from it, you you, you violate a a, a rabbinic and rabbinitam and and the rush both hold that you actually violate a Torah prohibition by doing that. Now, a woman is allowed to nurse a child, but it's a Torah prohibition to to extract. Milk uh, uh, into into a, into a vessel because that falls under the category of of, of mafarik. And if a woman is is uh, is suffering because she has too much milk, so she's allowed to to uh, uh, get, get out the milk, but in such a way that the milk will not be usable. For instance, she puts it into a in, into the sink or into a vessel that has some kind of uh, soap or something that's going to ruin the milk, because when the milk goes, uh, it's going to be wasted. So then the, the prohibition is only a rabbinic prohibition, and in the case where a woman is, 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 is suffering a discomfiture, uh, Chazal were lenient and did not, did not press the, the point. And it's also possible for the same reason to, to, to use a, 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 a pump, right? Even an electric pump, which is connected to perhaps a, a, a time switch and, and to connect to the machine at the time when it is, when it is working. There's much else to talk about, but our time is over. Just enough time to wish all of our listeners, first of all, to thank you for taking the time to be with us, to listen to the show, and hopefully you're going to have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. It's a little bit warm here in Johannesburg, but hopefully that won't stop us from properly enjoying the, the Shabbos, and just to reach out and wish every single one of our radio family and all your family and friends and anyone you have any connection to a Shabbat Shalom Morach, a beautiful Gebench Shabbos.